2: Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese, yeah, who we got today or what we doing today or whatever it is, it's gonna be good, Woo!
3: Hey, what's up? This is your girl Monifa and you're at Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese, where the music is served hot, buttered, warm conversation serves straight and the love is poured unconditionally enjoy
1: yeah another soul on soul yeah production Yeah. Yeah. yeah
4: yeah 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 They so thin, foreign colognes, I keep
2: dips. Coogee sweat his hand nick, cause that's that fly shit. I say lace because my body got Versace taste. Rolex on my cuff, flooded with diamonds and stuff. A half a dozen hundred bench coop in my driveway. Tried to have it my way, the flyway led to a bad day. I should've kept it real when I was with you, instead I dissed you. So now I miss you, true, true.
1: Three lonely days since I last saw you. Now things just seem to say, whatever happened to the promise that we made, you never leave.
4: From the beginning, cream and women And I be sinning, that's how I'm living Ladies in all complexions Connections and ghetto sections But you'll be that exception The one I cared about, wanna know about your whereabouts And then I dissed you So now I miss you, true so come back, come
3: Up to the table for brunch in the basement with Javon and Therese. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack Knight in Dakota House, all we wanna do is make you bounce. Monifa, so could you turn me out? Show me what you're saying is all about. Jack Knight in Dakota House, all we wanna do is make you bounce. Monifa, so could you turn me out? Show me what you're saying is all about.
2: Hey, you're listening to WJBR Internet Radio Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. How's everybody doing out there today? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing groovy myself. I just want to give a shout out to a couple of people who are. Paying attention, I guess, on Facebook, we got Corey Grooms, Um, your cousin is coming on, and um, Sonia Moore, good morning, and yeah, you know, the rocking chair, the rocking chair, you know, that's me reminding myself that one day I'm going to retire, Corey, and I'm just going to sit in that chair, and you see I got the green screen. I'm just going to take pictures and videos and sit down and chill when I get the so, um, that's what's up. Yep. All right. So, I might advocate a little bit for something, 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 right? Um, Doreen, how you doing? Yep. I'm also going to shake my rump. Hey, BJ. And Peggy Miller. And Shalithia. Shalethia. What's up, everybody? Um, hey, P- BJ. Hope you're doing good, baby. So, yes. Um, unfortunately, Therese will not be with us today. Um, but... Monifa will be subbing for her as a co-host here. Although, you know, Mo comes on the show very often as um, um, Therese and I call her BB, affectionately call her BB as in background Betty, because she will pop up and have all this stuff to say, and we just love her. So um, we're waiting for her to come on, and also she's going to share um, new music that has not been heard out in the masses yet. So um, somebody had commented on the Facebook page in the basement with Javon and Therese that they love Monifa um, in response to one of the videos that I posted um, of her singing Touch It, and they wanted to hear new music by Monifa. So if they're listening today or listen back to today's show, they will be able to hear it. Um, Also, on today's show, our special guest, our very, very special guest, is the one and only, will be the one and only Archbishop Carl Bean, who, if you pay attention to this show, you know I love him to pieces. He started the Unity Fellowship Church Movement, which, in my estimation, has saved a lot of souls. And um, what other... What other wonderful way could close out um, Pride Month by having Monifa and Archbishop Carl Bean, and it's also, if you didn't know, Black Music History Month. So, I mean, you got Monifa, Black History, Black Music History, and you got Carl Bean, with who, of course... Is the voice of the legendary, I, I'm going to say, the anthem, the national, <coughs> excuse me, anthem of pride. So, yeah, as we wait for our guests to call in and our co host to call in, co hostess with the mostest, um, I guess I will play some more music. So we just gonna chill and wait for Mo to call in and then um Archbishop. And thank you everybody for watching. sign us off. Brunch in the Basement with Javon and Therese. Here's a little something by Monique that you may or may not know. It's a song, fairly new song, actually. It's called Beloved. I mean, I'm sorry, my bad. It's called Fantasy. And she's performing on this song with DJ Beloved. Let me get it straight. Let me get it straight. Let me get it right. Let me get it right. Or something. I can't find it. But that's all right because that's what I usually do, right? So, what I'm going to do is do this. We know that Archbishop is coming on at noon. And so, it's about his music. Once he comes on, though, we ain't going to be able to play no music. So, let's do this.
4: I'm walking through life in nature's disguise. Yeah. You laugh at me, and
1: you criticize, yeah, cause I'm happy, carefree, and gay, yes, I'm gay, ain't no fault in the past. I was born this way, yeah, now I won't put you to the me.
2: Not alone. We have. I'm gonna say. You know what I'm gonna say, because in my mind, she is a legend, and um, yeah. So I'm gonna say the legendary. No, it's not Shaka Khan. Although I did dream about her last night. Mm-hmm. It is for <laughs> Oh, good, morning. good morning.
3: Good morning. Good morning, Sunshine.
2: What's up, good people? We good, we good. How you doing today? I'm I'm I'm
3: I'm awake. Um there's it's a new day, it's beautiful out. I feel great. Um I can't complain about nothing. There you
2: go. There you go. I wanna thank you and we all wanna thank you for sitting in for your wife today. Um Absolutely. That that is dope. But that's that's what love is about, right? Stepping up and yes. showing yep. up and, and that. And... Mm-hmm. Yep. The
3: for
2: you to... Yeah. <laughs> so let me just yeah. ask you really, really briefly, since we um touched on that, um, uh uh-huh. you 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 you've been married for 5 years now?
3: Yes. Yep, and together for going on 10. Really? It's been that long? Yeah, we were ma- we were um together 4 years before we got married.
2: Which is smart because I think a lot of young people today are are like kind of jumping in, delving in and and just Well, because it's hit. like it's, it's like it's it's um it's almost like um
3: faddish, and, um, like, the thing to do is to get married because you, we can, and I get it, but yeah, a lot of young people are, are jumping into it w- with a romanticized view of it, and I think even people, not just, you know, younger kids or younger people, but people, period, um, you know, can tend to romanticize uh, love and romantic love and partnership. Um, the, and not and not think of it beyond, you know, the beautiful ceremony and the the quote unquote honeymoon stage that you know we all experience when we first um, meet someone that we think we you know that we kind of know we we could stand for more than a year, you know, <laughs>
2: right? right. <laughs> I know exactly work, what you're talking
3: about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, so
2: again, you know what, I, I always every opportunity that I get, I thank both you and Rez for um be, you know, getting getting married publicly and taking a stand, although you were doing it for love of one another, um the love resonated and you have helped so many of us in in all of our communities. I mean like you know, I think we talk about this often that we are not just lesbian, we are not just black, we are not just women, we are not. You know, there's so much that we are. But yeah. um, I, you know, you you two, um, proclaiming your your love and getting hitched, um, and inviting us all to the wedding. Um, not enough um, kudos and thank yous um, can I say about that? So in retrospect. You know what do you when you think back on that, what is that like for you? What do you think about that
3: um you know we 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 knew that it was bigger than us as far as um you know the laws changing and making um the commitment visible the commitment in that way celebrating um our commitment to one another and celebrating the fact that we could actually you know that our that our union would be um recognized legally because, you know, um, marriage, you know, for both of us is not only, the cons- you know, the commitment to the actual person. I mean, you can do that without being married. Marriage is about the, the, um, the business of being in a partnership with the person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with, being um, honored and protected under the laws of the, of the, of the state, of the government, um, and that's, that's, that's the biggest thing, um, you know, and afforded the same, the same, same rights and, and, um, protections as, um, uh, people, um, of heterosexual people, you know, um, we should, we should, we should not be, we should not be, um, penalized or we should not be shut out because, you know, um, with you know same gender you know same gender marriage, we're, we're taxpayers. We 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 uh you know for hopefully put put into this community the um the civilization as it stands. You know you're, you're working. You know you're paying taxes. You're a viable part of the community at large. So why the hell can you know why why are we afforded the same protections and rights? It's, it's freaking Absolutely. weird to me. So you know, um, yeah. So it was bigger than us. And also, as much as I, you know, people say that we, you know, were helpful or, you know, um, an example, um, whatever. Uh. The, the fact that we did do it in a public space like that also keeps us accountable. And keeps um, it doesn't keep us married, but it you know when things get hard and absolutely they do we're human beings. When it gets rough beyond you know after our family and the family create family that we love and that supports us and that we chose and also that we've chosen. We think about you know you know there's a lot of um, it's a, it's bigger than us all the way around. You know, um, it helps to remember, you know, and not throw throw and and discard anything so so quickly and cavalierly. You know what I'm saying? It's bigger, and it it helps it helps it helps us stay committed when you know sometimes you know you probably you know what I'm saying. Real talk. I mean, you know, everybody in yeah. relationships goes through stuff. Real real fit. So you know. It does help, you know, just as much as it, it, it's it been, you know, um, a, a plus and something that has been helpful to a lot of people out there in the world at large, it's, it's helpful to us as well. Yeah. Because, you know, when that happens, like we have, we, you know, will be transparent. And I know that if, if that ever happened, we would do it in grace and, you know, in transparency as well, the same way we walked into it. Right. You know, but, but, yeah, we're not
2: talking that because it's, it's, I feel like a part of when, when you witness a, a wedding as a community partner, it's, a, you know, you just, I don't know, I just feel like, well, yeah, are yeah. To I mean,
3: when that. people at your wedding, it's like they are there, there to, a wedding is not just about, you know, a freaking gown and a party. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and, and being, being a spectator, you. It's a and, and right. It's not just being a spectator. You're a witness, and you are account. You supposed to are supposed to be accountable for helping that couple exactly. in those times when it gets rough. And that's exactly. how our wedding was set up. You know, I mean, I love the girls, of course. Um, you know, but most of the people at my wedding were people that are going that we can go to, or that will see something and be like, "Yo, y'all good? You know, what's up?" You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, all right. Right. We're gonna gonna come to the table, all right. When y'all can't, it's gonna hold us up. When we can't, you know. And um, yeah. So you know, absolutely. Um, not that we. I mean, we would have everybody in our business, but you know, right, 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 right. So, so, just Joe public in our business, but you know, again, the, the grace and the the same transparency that we you know went into it with we would we would i would imagine absolutely go out with it go, go you know leave it you know exit it with but um that's not happening and um if it does if that you know people grow change whatever res is my friend and that will never change and nothing would change the the time and the history And that friendship, like we built this relationship off of a friendship. Right. So if it gets to a point where the marriage is not working, we're going to make, what's important, what we vow to do is not damage our friendship or allow that to, you know, the the ending of the marriage to damage the friendship.
2: Exactly. We ain't going to (laughs) drag
3: each other. That we ain't gonna No, exactly. That. And it's more
2: so, important. Yeah. So
3: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: There's, there's a couple of things. Um you know that Archbishop Carl Bean is coming on and
0: so yes. I'm
2: up with him. Because it's, it's, before, we do that, before we bring the Archbishop on, I got to play this new joint by you. I have to. I heard it. It is mother, father, sister, brother, fire. I would just <laughs> but the Archbishop I believe is listening and I can't let him hear this heavenly daughter use such language. But I have to say that this song called Blueprint has inspired me to say some cuss words. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Isn't I love that it. good. It's, um, yeah, thank you. It's it's. I'm really proud of it. Um, it was produced by DJ Camper. Um, and it will be, you know, it will be, um, available for streaming and download soon. I'm working on visuals, and um, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. So I hope everybody enjoys I it.
2: The, I got the loop with Res in the video. You know what I'm saying? And you singing and you like on a on a on a yacht and um uh, yo i'm not even joe i'm just saying <laughs> anyway I, I, it's just i love y'all i love y'all anyway everybody I'm here with y'all it's called blueprint is by monifa it's not out yet but oh my god we're out
4: yeah,
2: you're <laughs> this is you're special
1: Have you ever felt the love so Powerful that it takes control And no matter <laughs> hey.
2: Dang, Dang. I love it too. I love that energy. I love how you doing it. And as I like to say, I love your choices. That is dope. Thank you. Thank you. Yo, I'm gonna be rocking yeah, that. It's yeah. alright. You said I can play it I can play it whenever.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Oh. Y'all heard it here first. It's an exclusive. God, you know what? We got to get, I got to get like a sound bite, like I'm going to create some echoed off a Monique exclusive. Yeah. You know? That's up. Huh? Oh we just going to. But, and, not but, and today we're also fortunate to have the Archbishop. Carl Bean, who is the founding father and prelate of the Unity Fellowship Church Movement, a liberal Protestant denomination that is particularly wealthy of the lesbian, gay, and bisexual African Americans in this country, across this country, but we're open and friendly, and welcoming to everybody. Why? Because God is love, and love is for everyone. He started this spiritual movement that helps save souls across the country with the simple and true message that God is love, and love is for everybody. And he is also known as the voice of the gay national anthem, Born This Way. So, I can't even imagine a more I guess uh, since way to close out Pride Month as well as Black Music History Month although we continue to celebrate our Pride throughout the year and you know we celebrate Black music and the history of Black music at least on this show each and every week and I do it each and every day in my life and it brings me great joy to be a member of Unity Fellowship Church Movement and a daughter Of The Archbishop Carl Bean
1: (laughs) Hey Pop
4: Hey Daughter how are you I
2: am Say hi to Monifa Hello.
4: How are you Your new piece I think Everything about it is good, Monique, for everything. It's an excellent job. Your performance is excellent. The music is great. And there's no reason why it shouldn't go all the way. And I will certainly do all I can to have people listen and download it. You know I'm old, so I have to learn these new methods of getting the music (laughs) down.
3: So, right, thank you so much That means a lot coming from you You're <laughs>
4: uh, so more than welcome Sweetheart, I've been keeping up with your career uh, Several years ago I watched the whole series With you and your sweetheart And your daughter And mm-hmm. yeah. I've got to Stay abreast of All that you've been doing I try to keep up with you. your things on Facebook Your performances In the New York area And what have you So you I just said I love you, I appreciate you, and i nothing but the best for you in every way.
3: Thank you so very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. After that I am grateful and appreciative, thank you.
2: So I just want to really briefly um mention some comments that um we're getting on the Facebook live page. Um Ron says, well, he says that I'm looking good and he's right. He's not wrong about that, but he also Uh, says that he's loving. (laughs) He is loving your new song, Mo. Um, he says Uh, blueprint. Yes. Okay. And he also, I'm trying to look at the comments too. Yes. He also says so good to hear Archbishop's voice. He loves you too, pops, And, um, Henry DJ Backspin is loving the track. He says it's nice and has a great flow. So I just wanted to, to you know, shout out to the people who watch me sit around and bounce in a chair um, throughout the course of the show and let let you all know that it, that they are listening. Um, your your mm-hmm. cousin Corey is is listening and watching also, Mo. Yes, uh, but- I see. I don't yeah, see
3: all so I, I, TV, but okay, okay. I don't know why yeah, I can't see
2: everything. It, it's really weird. It's, it's really weird. People talking about me bouncing in my chair and all that. You know, I ain't doing it for the people. I'm doing it for the love of the music. But um, I, what I wanted to talk to you about, our teacher, is um, it's 50 years since Stonewall, and
4: yeah.
2: I, I want to talk about that, but I also wanted to mention and, and just kind of talk around this issue, because a lot of people are talking about Stonewall this month because, you know, the 50th anniversary. But I don't hear a lot of people talk about the fact that it was a black butch-identified woman who was arrested that night. Her It was her arrest that actually started the riot, because being arrested for quite a long time but when she was arrested and she was like, aren't you going to do something? Y'all just going to let this happen? That's when people said, you know what? She's right and they started going in on those cops and you know I'm just curious about your experiences and your thoughts around that and that part of the Stonewall history is not really put out there. Um, yep. The 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 racial divide within the community, the LGBT community. I, I mean, I just want to go uh-huh. a little bit deeper than gay pride. yay, yay, yay. You know, you know. I mean, I'm I'm all about that, but there, there are some
4: great
2: things there uh-huh. too.
4: So I'm gonna shut up now and <laughs> let you talk. Well, I think the problem is Whenever we expect our history to flow from someone else's story We're wasting our time Uh, You know, for instance uh, I've shared with many people when they've interviewed me As a black young kid, Carla there was no desire on my part to go to the village to Stonewall. Stonewall meant nothing to me. I didn't even know the name. I participated, black, black and lesbian people, throughout the 60s, at our bars on 125th Street. There was Fantasia. That was in the same block as Frank's the block west of the Apollo, in the middle of the Mm -hmm. block, not hidden on some side street. In later years, there was Andre's on 8th and 125th directly across from the United House of Prayer. And that is where we function. You went to happy hour at those clubs. We got dressed up in those days to go out. You partied until 4 in the morning in those clubs in Harlem. We had parties. Uh, People had rent parties and what have you. We were young kids, and we would get the addresses and go to the rent parties and have a great time dancing to R&B and what have you. So, And by me being a young singer, and at that time, Being an Alex Bradford singer, he frequently worked the Apollo and the Fantasia had uh, access to us getting food and having a meal. And they had a little black back room where many of the up-and-coming black uh, women, especially that were trying to move over into R&B, could do showcases, would do little shows. It's Brown, uh, Helen from the Stevens Singers, and many others. And down the street from Fantasia was Frank, which was probably the biggest club and restaurant for blacks in Harlem. They were so upscale. If you ordered lobster, they rolled it out so that you could see it, and actually you chose your lobster, and they would pick it up with songs to take it back to the chef to prepare it. And a little down the street from that was one of the biggest uh, performance bars in that block of 125th Street. It's no slight, but that's the real history of a black, lesbian, and gay person from Harlem in the 60s. A few years later, we had a gay bar up at 130th, and 7th, right across from the Harlem Y, called the Big Apple. Uh-huh. We, w- we would walk from uh, the Silver Rail, Andre, up to the Big Apple, 12, twelve, one o'clock in the morning, because we would close the night out at the Big Apple. We had singing <laughs> in clubs in between. There were jazz spots where you could go and hear Gloria Lynn and the jazz artists of the time. A lot of their valets and people were gay men. You had uh, Carmen McRae and women who were lesbians that were great, really respected in jazz. You could hear them live. There was Minton down at 118, connected to the hotel. There was a thriving world, and no one was beating us up. No one. We weren't Frightened because we were gay I was a very feminist kid As a singer I never felt threatened To be me to walk the streets of Harlem Moms Mabley uh, Performed often Sometimes the shows would be mixed And they'd have us gospel singers Along with the comedians And what have you Especially on the big um, benefit shows That we would do at midnight And what have you And mm-hmm. uh, Moms would be in her tie, her shirt, her shoes. This, I, I have no problem with other things. The problem is don't wipe out our history and try us to fit into a people to fit another. Mm.
3: Mm.
1: Uh-huh.
4: There was that never a moment that we sat around wondering what was going on at the Stonewall. We didn't even know it existed. No one had anything against it, but there was a vital black gay and lesbian world among our people in Harlem. We walked the streets shopping on Saturdays, in and out of the, the the stores, and then when they opened up the open market, we were out there getting trinkets and we hugged and we loved. Oh. My story is not the same. I don't ever remember being in Andre's Fantasia's uh, The Silver Rail or The Apple where we were saying, don't touch, you got to watch out. A cop might come by and we're going to be arrested. Now, I don't know. We heard many stories as to who owned the bars, that it was uh, Mafioso or black folk connected. We never knew that. We met some people. We really met Andre, whose name was on the silver rail when it was called Andre's. He would come in. He looked like the typical old-time hustler, making a lot of money, dressing dapper. But he came in the bar, laughed with us, joked with us, would hire people to be bartenders and what have you. The police would walk in and out of the bar, uh, Talk with the bartenders And and folk in the bar That were neighborhood people A lot of those people were neighborhood people And I felt nothing About going down to the Linux Like a young singer And they would call me baby boy They Baby boy, why don't you hit something for us How's your career going And they would give you Slides of money in your hand That's a true reality David who danced for uh, James Brown for many years? There was a, a dance troupe in Harlem, uh, the Parquet, and David and Melvin and several girls danced in the Parquet. They used to win that that Harvest Moon Ball dance championship with the jitterbug or the Lindy Hop frequently, and they'd be on the Sullivan Show, and that was a Full and rich life We would get gigs uh, The the guys Looking to try to put Us kids out of choirs Onto 45s to get a hit Would look for those Voices in Harlem and come up Most of us that got records Then it was because those Jews And folks would hear about somebody Singing and come up And audition you I remember auditioning for Hugo and Luigi From Roulette uh, myself and the sweets, Estelle and Sissy and Myrna, Dee Dee. We were we had a good living as young as we were doing nothing but back sessions on, down at the Brill Building in sixteen fifty Broadway. That was oh. that was our lives. We really lived that. It was not that we were hanging out at a bar in the village. So oh. I, that's We got to start there. When we had uh, my introduction to this whole thing of the the drag shows or the things that came out with Paris is Burning, I remember coming home in the 70s off the road in gospel, and my friend Calvin Wright was close to Pepper LaBeija. And he said, Carl, come on, I got some place to take you. They took me to the Elks Lodge. I believe it was 126th Street. Uh,
1: right,
4: yeah. And that's where I saw that whole community do that whole thing in the Black Elks Lodge, uptown. It had nothing to do with downtown. And so I think a part of it is we start fighting for something, for recognition by someone else, and we need to stop that. Because it's not going to happen. It's not. If they question this guy, Budacek or whatever his name is, and the the one of one of the guys on the panel said, uh, well you've been the mayor for several years and if your town is twenty percent twenty six percent black or whatever that is, why is it only six percent still black police? And he just said, I couldn't get it done. Then, currently, a black kid in that town that he was mayor has been murdered by a policeman. He supposedly went home to uh, deal with it, and the guy on the panel the other night said, but you're the mayor. Why didn't you sit and do something about that kid, about the camera being turned off at the point like it's murder? We've got to stop expecting People who never moved to lift us to all of a sudden be this embracing uh, group of people that are there for us. That right there in New York this year, there's a counter march by people who really want the march to return to a protest because it's become so corporate with floats from Verizon and everybody, people that... Take your money and back right wing causes and just put a float up once a year and go down the street in your parade. And behind the scenes, they're backing against mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So they've created a counter march to start, I believe, wall and, and protest march and go up to Central Park and then do a protest there. Those are realities that we cannot, we had the Harlem Renaissance. In Harlem, 20s, 30s, like the news, all of those lesbian and bi women, the famous blues folk, they were in Harlem. The gay, black people yeah. knew they were gay, all those poets and painters. No, there's no yeah. record of them being accosted and beaten and tortured. That's just not a reality. I never felt fear walking 7th Athletic Avenue. The project in Spanish Harlem. And they the, the neighborhoods knew who their queens were, who their butch folk were. They spoke to them. Hey Nani, hey so and so how your mama, how's your mother? How's your father? There is something among our people about community that always will be. But we've got to maintain that truth about blackness.
1: Mm.
2: I just want to interject really briefly that Miss um, Melba Moore is listening, and she wanted me to send her love to you, Archbishop. Um, she said it's good to hear your voice. I don't know if she was aware that Mo- Monifa's on as well, but she, um, hey, I'm <laughs> she, she wanted to say hi. And yeah, we, we spoke about you when I went to her show, Mo. She loves you to pieces, actually. I just want to throw that in there. Now well, I- hi, to-
4: oh. hi. to Melba. I love you, sis. I try to keep up with you. Keep on doing what you're doing. Yes. <laughs> <That's
1: laughs>
4: yeah.
1: yeah.
4: <laughs> it's so important that we it's not that we we we've always loved everybody. We've always been there for everybody else. The problem yeah. is they're not there for us when the time comes. That's so, real talk. You know, it's not that we've never been anti-anybody. Most of the movements that came up came, not
2: came from
4: what we did in the civil rights community. The hey, gay right? mm-hmm. and lesbian movement, all of them modeled what we did in civil rights. We never, right. ever closed ranks against anyone. The ranks are always closed against us. My hardest fight in most of the years was a racist fight against white, gay, male uh, racism. When I started the fight, I, I didn't just say, let's do an AIDS agency for black and brown people. There's a reason I felt I needed to open my mouth and stand up, and Minority AIDS Project was born and we became the first full-service agency for people of color in Los Angeles and that spread abroad, the same is for the church. It was, I started singing gospel as a black kid at 16 professionally, and now my brothers are dying, and you're just going to pick a few verses, and you're going to use that as a pass to do nothing? No, I don't know what you're going to do. I'm gonna do something because that ain't going down. Cause I'm one of those kids that you would rape and then tell me after get out of the side on the get on my side of the bed, you get on your side while we pray for God's deliverance, and then you come back and have sex with us after the next singing program. It was time out. No, no, that's just not gonna happen that way. So mm. it it just it behooves us. To be aware of our own strength and our own history as we move forward. Many of the people in the Apollo Rudy of the Drifters, one of the probably most famous voices in the 60s for kids, black and white, dance from, was a gay man out of Philly. Had been a Clara Ward. When she tried to mail Clara Ward, uh, singing those hits on Atlantic, leading the drifters, wound up dying of an O.D. with a needle in his arm. And you saw, so many others, so many others. There was no secret backstage who was there and who was straight, but there was no, we didn't have the language of out and in, But people knew what was what, and we were very comfortable. It was all about your art and your gifts, and if you could sell the song. There was no gayer person than Cornelius of the posters. The the, the Apollo loved him. He would jump in the other posters' arms. He would do imitations of... uh, of Dinah Washington and sound so much like her. Uh, There was a gay gay box in the Apollo every uh, Wednesday night for the uh, amateur show. A big part of the night was the the person on stage, whoever was emceeing, saying, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I know what you've been waiting for, and we're going to put the spotlight on Miss Peaches and the girls, and they would have one of those frontier boxes, and they would shine the spotlight up, and they'd stand up in their gowns and beautiful earrings. Whole no place would stand up and clap. That's the Apollo Theater. I'm talking big. Mm. That happened every Wednesday night. The Jewel Box Review came into the Apollo sometimes twice a year. It was an all-male-female show. The difference is you couldn't lip-sync things you had to have the talent to actually do it. So if you did opera, you had to sing a coloratura or something from a real opera when you did your performance. If you ballet, we were ballet, you had to dance in toe shoes. And they would wow. say the whole thing was to guess who the male was in the cast. And they would do their whole thing, then rip the top off, and you see a flat chest. It was called the Jewel Box Review. They played the Apollo every single year, God said, and the lines were around the corner, and they were black people dressed up in their finery to go see the jewel box. We have to stop letting them say that black people are so homophobic, so conservative, can't, that's hardwash. And and we've got to begin to say it, that that is not there was nobody in no black church in Harlem that didn't know who was playing the piano, who was leading the song, who was playing the organ, and who they wanted to sing to make them feel good and get rid of some of them burdens. They knew who that boy was, who that girl was, and you bet not mess with them. So well, right now, yes, that's just that's just, and I knew some of the roughest you know, drag queens in my day that would beat three or four guys at a time, and walked in streets strutting. There, oh, there is a reality that is hardly ever allowed to surface in history. And I just want people to know, yes, many things happened that were, have be- become better for all oppressed groups, but our people was not this homophobic. Antagonistic, horrendous, destructive uh, group of people that was waiting to see a boy switched or a woman had any butchering and just go tear her up and beat her up. That was not reality in Harlem. First of all, during segregation, you couldn't live nowhere but among your people. That's number one. So no matter how thin and how butch, whatever. You had to live among your people. And so back to reality. I was a young queen among my people. And hmm. I saw others for me among my people. Alex Bradford was never thought, Brad was probably the most effeminate male in gospel music. And we were, no one thought that Alex Rabbit was no heterosexual man. He was beloved. And he starred in Black Nativity, and he starred in Arms Too Short, and he starred in uh, Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope, and we had great runs with those shows. No one thought, it's just, when I hear it, it burns me up. And when I do these panels, and they'll go, well, you know, Carl, your community is so conservative. I said, where did you get that line from? That's not true. The truth you all have created and propagate, and in later years that may have become true because of the crime and the rock cocaine and all of that, but that wasn't the truth for us as a whole. Uh, may, I
3: ask, um, may I ask? I want to. I want to ask a question. Do you? I, I, well, I have a question. Um, as I'm sitting here listening to you and um and couple with the experiences that some of the experiences that I have, is it that you know it was um uh what's, how do I, how do I okay, was it more so of toleration, and was it spoken? Did people speak about who who you you were, and as as same gender loving, did they acknowledge it, or was it a tolerating thing? Because it, it there's a difference, and I and and I would have. To, I, that's what I want to know. Because not speaking about it and acting as if it doesn't exist, or like not honoring people's partner life partners or their choices in who they love, and you know, um, is different than it being a kumbaya. And and I know that within the community we have we it we have. A, a, um, we have a, a really good knack at um, tolerating, and and then in in the in, in in the same token, not understanding or um and, or using whatever said people are for whatever it it works for, but it, it doesn't. You know, we don't talk about it. So, is it really, in your opinion, and because you you I I hear the fervor. I know you were there. You lived it, but. Um, is it possible that um, it was it was to, like tolerating more so than um, actually understanding, accepting, and and include inclusive?
4: It, those those are words that have come up out of a movement. <laughs> I and I understand them and embrace it. Over time, everything has changed. But there was never a time mm-hmm. when I, Carl Bean, didn't feel embraced by my people. There was never a time when I I was a drum major at, at 11 or twelve, first first time. Mm-hmm. I remember the pride I'd have. They knew I was gay. First, if you were a major baton girl, they assumed you were gay. I
2: am not even
4: a right, word right. We would say, right, right. those days, they said, the life. Right, way, in the light. She's that right, way. Right, in the light. Exactly. <laughs> so I would put on my uniform and walk from my house all the way to wherever the parade started, purposely feeling proud, block by block as they look at me and and make on over my uniform and what have you. I remember when a a high school had to do, in Maryland, which is my hometown Baltimore, had to do a homecoming between Morgan and Howard, and they didn't feel that their band would get the kind of response they wanted. Someone told the director at Dunbar about me. They came to find me, to hire me, march in front of the band at Thanksgiving for homecoming, as they say, used to say, to take the field up, pick it up, and put it in my pocket. I remember the guys coming up afterwards saying, man, you were great today. Our people are a warm, embracing, loving Hmm. Community, first, our grandmothers, our grandfathers, our aunties, our uncles. Sure, there was uh, some homophobia, just like racism, but it was not this kind of rancid throwing out. We weren't being thrown out of our homes because during segregation, there was nowhere to go. Outside of your
1: community. Uh-huh. And
4: parents, if even if they felt they didn't understand, they would say my grandmother said to me when I said I know you that way. And she and she said to me, You ain't the first one and you ain't gonna be the last one in this family. They better get back for I open up on everybody. That's what my grandmother said. Right. That was the end of that. Right. that was the end of it. <laughs> You know, have sense. <laughs> a you, lot of, you know,
2: everybody a lot of
4: people so, don't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, so mm-hmm. yes, things have changed because of what has happened in society. But a lot of that change came from the everyday loving people in our communities who were embracing. They weren't just tolerating the bar on 125th Street. They were being making money. They were thriving. We were coming in there, and I was glad, right? from the finest. Yeah,
3: that's what I'm
4: talking about. Um, that's what I'm talking about. That
3: kind of speaks to what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and that speaks to what I'm saying. Making money, helping somebody look good, win something. That's what I'm talking about.
4: But that's not all. We were also hugged and loved and embraced, and we felt good about being out with each other. It was a good time. It was not that we would go to the bar to spend money, the bar door would close, and we had to hide. There is a certain amount of closeness in black America that the whole world has always been trying to get and imitate. The oh, absolutely, I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, for for one thing, let's just look at. I remember me and my little crew, little queens in Harlem, that were singers, <laughs> would try to get the little Marcel's and hair uh, hairdos processes, and we all went to Sugar Ray Robinson's. I remember how friendly mm-hmm. Ray was with us, and and asked if he needed to help us with the careers and what okay. happened. So. If you say inclusive, I'm sure moms may feel included, embraced. Mm, yes. I'm sure mm. there are many others that just the camaraderie of backstage Apollo, standing back right. on 124th Street, waiting for mom mm-hmm. to bring pies and what have you. We felt Dee Dee. No, there was no one that thought Dee Dee was straight, everybody knew Dee was lesbian. And D.C. Mm-hmm. had many successful nights in the Apollo. Many successful five. Right. And the right. way they reported that she did this to, to Whitney and she was like she was some dark character from outside somewhere. That that just wasn't true. And there were many others that were a same gender loving or bi. Uh, when you look back in the history and you read you about... Dion, Did you mean
3: Dion just now or Whitney? Because when you mentioned the name that I associated with Dion.
4: Dee. Dee her sister, Didi,
3: Got you, got you. Okay, got you. Yeah, right.
4: Didi and I were mm-hmm. close, close friends. DeeDee Dee went right. out at the Silver Rail all the time. I, right, right. A minute I valeted for when I was trying to decide... Uh when I wanted to break away from Bradford, well I wanted to go solo, what did I want to do? Didi said, Well come on, why you making up your mind? Why don't you come run on the road with me and valet for me and help me out? Uh she and Jackie Verdell were dating of the Davis sisters. There was no way no one didn't know that they were a couple. Jackie was respected backstage because of the Davis sisters. Lee was respected because of the family connection of her and all the girls. Well they were called the girls in the early days we were very young before he gave us the name the Sweet Inspirations. But and there were others uh prior. The there were many. There was no my word, they just gave me a square out here in LA. It's called the Archbishop Carl Four Corners. So Good on that, Exactly. exactly you know that, that that's, is,
2: a, that's a that's a big I, deal, Archbishop. I I you know. given
1: <clears throat> <throat>
4: <throat> That's in South Central Los Angeles that the president of the city council came out and took the 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 thing off the sign and all the pictures along with Congresswoman Waters, a Congresswoman uh, Yvonne Brathwaite-Burke, Diane Watson, head of the city council. That's just a week ago. Often when I do these things with these white gay folks who are, you know, peers, and they say, and I asked them after, they say, well, Carl, what about your community? And I said, what about it? how, how many of you have centers, how many of you have created your work in the white Italian community? How many of you have created your work in the Irish community? How many of you have created your work in Germantown, in any other place? None. You have to go create a, a new ghetto. You you can't just skip over that. Unity Fellowship Church was started in South Central Los Angeles. People say, oh, no, sorry, you can't do that. You need to do it up here in West Hollywood. I said, well, what good would that be? How is that going to help solve the problem? If I'm talking about AIDS in and among black people, and I'm saying to them, when I got the information, I was looking at what was happening to gay men. When I start researching I found that it was my sisters that in my category under black there were women with AIDS. There were babies being born with AIDS. There were heterosexual AIDS. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to come mm-hmm. home if I didn't know it as a gay man. I knew my people didn't know it. So I had to go home right. and break out. My first article was in the Sentinel. That's the black okay. youth in LA. The so work always yep. done in black. South Central Los Angeles. So you've got to, you, we've got to be able to tell those stories about our people running okay. concurrent with whatever else was going on. I don't take right. anything from what happened at in, in Stonewall at 69. I'm talking 60, 61, 62, way before that. In Harlem. So, and all I say is, don't build my history from something that was something that happened for you. Right. And have me cancel everything that was happening for me with with black people that I loved, uh, walked and talked with every day. If you look at the history, if you look at Lena talking about how close she was to Billy Strayhorn. Talking about Billy's lover, talking about the band, uh, Duke Ellington's band, and how they embrace Billy. We can't leave that out. You look at uh, Billy Holiday talking about her bisexuality. You're talking about so many, many others. That's a reality for our community. While at the same time, Those things were going on in other communities. But my strength didn't come from me going to partner up with white gay people. My strength is from my grandmama, my mama, my cousins, my sisters, my brothers, my nieces, nephews. It's from the block. It's from the folks that fed me and taught me how to love and how to care. It's from those who did embrace me when I was an effeminate kid and weren't telling me I needed to butch it up. All of that came out of my people. It's those women who were in that choir at Abyssinia when Bradford cut that album that's considered a classic Said I wasn't going to tell nobody. Nobody at Abyssinia thought we were straight boys or Bradford was a straight man. But we were embraced and loved and invited to dinner and all the parties and whatever else. There, all I want people to see is there was no sense of fear. You didn't feel I'm just being tolerated. You felt the love of black and- Yes. Yeah. You so felt it just- in our people and among our people. Yes, we ran into homophobia. Yes, there were going to be, the, you know, folk who felt they were holier than everybody else, and all they could do was...
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, those people mm-hmm. were there. But they weren't the bulk of the people on the block. So oh. it, it's, it's just the reality that all of the story must be told, and all sides of the story must be told. Yes. But reasons Absolutely. of white why, Folk today are pissed and have created a counter march because they themselves are saying the reason we stood up and said off of the sidewalk and into the streets as a form of protest is totally lost on this corporate uh, kind of thing we got going on now that has not uh, is not even mentioning black transgendered women. Being murdered every day all over America. How oh, so? They yeah. up and created this counter march, starting at Stonewall and marching up to to Central Park. And it's just it's just so essential that we hip hop. I very seldom see any of the great guys from hip hop that started out DJing that don't say that Larry LeVan, Frankie Knuckles, mm-hmm. those guys downtown taught them the works, that they learned so much from these gay disc jockeys that were doing it before them in what they call the disco era. huh
2: mm-hmm.
4: That kind of... Well, now we got this new word, interconnectedness. That kind... <laughs> that kind of brotherhood, what we said back in the day, uh, was going on all of the time. And so in the sense that we, we make sure people know there couldn't have really been allies if those allies weren't present. And if we say that those allies were just people that tolerated us, we're taking a lot of their credit away. There were allies in our community who always loved their sons, their daughters, their cousins. I was about eight years old when Clara and Glenda, Clara was in the whack or the WAVE, one of the two. Clara's mother and father had Glenda and her create an apartment in their basement in the 50s. They lived in the house with mom and daddy. In the 50s, in Baltimore, walking up down the street as a couple. Around the corner from me, Miss Reed had James and John. They were both gay. Today we use the word transgender. Then we would have said drag queens. Carl and uh, Charlene were, would have been drag queens. They lived in the houses with their parents. They were coming out of all of our parents' homes, putting our grandmother's hair, were curling the hot combs on the gas stove. They were standing there, women's blouses. This is 1950s Baltimore.
2: Right.
4: This is going on all over Black America. That's just a part of the reality that can't be thrown away. Like, oh, we find out we're gay. Now everybody's whipping our ass every day. We can't go to school. We can't do nothing. We're not so. Yeah. Well, I just want to
2: um, read off a little something of what Melvin Moore also commented. She said, we all love Carl for being himself. Peggy Miller, as you know, you know Peggy, she said, congratulations to you. But Melvin Moore also, about the square, but Melvin Moore also said that Dee Dee was a good friend of hers, and she always respected me as a straight woman. I saw her as a human being, good old days. And um, Peggy remarked that we need those days again. I agree with Peggy. Nova um, Moore also agreed and said that she was a Broadway baby, so most of the people were gay, and she got along with everyone. And, you know, I just wanted to to, to uh, mention um, my ancestors, my great aunt, aunt's sister, who was in a long-term, ever since I could remember, loving relationship with her partner, um, who I'm sure if they were alive today they would be married. So it was sister Melba. they they lived in Brooklyn and they had an open house. They actually halfway raised my mother. Um, as aunt sister was my grandmother's older cousin. So you know I was raised in in what you're talking about, Archbishop, around those people. Um. My my aunt's sister, Aunt Melba, it was just an open, and all kinds of people were in and out of that home. A, a lot of lesbian people and, and gay gay people in and out of that home. And so my coming out was a lot different than a lot of other people's, I think. Um,
4: yep. Yeah. Yep. And you know, that, that was duplicated my- in many places across America. Sure. Things have changed, again, because of what the Civil Rights Movement did around accepting each other. Remember, the 60s changed many of the walls in Vegas because we went to brother and sister. It transcended gay, straight, short talk, all, all that classism. We actually walked those streets of Harlem and Newark and other places. We were high-fiving and putting up fists, and we didn't think about robbing you or taking your – none of that. That's a reality that came with crack cocaine and a shift in black America. But they tend to want to create the history of our people from that shift as, a, as if that was the beginning of who we were. Not at all. Prior, right. to, prior to that, the black community was just as clean as every other community, if not cleaner, because Mama and, and Nana and Big Mama first took care of the woman's house she worked for. Then she came home and made sure hers was just as clean, if not cleaner. And we had, I got the same going back to school clothes and had birthday parties and all those things that was being re- in America as American living. My cousins in the project, I'll never forget how important it was for my mother and them to tell us that they they were no different than us and we were never to act as if they were and we would go visit the project and spend nights with them and, and my cousins in the project house was just as clean and orderly as those of well, us. Who
3: the projects were 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 built for um working class um uh families that that's how they started they didn't start out where they are you know where they evolved to or uh e- <laughs> I evolved? they I don't want to say if evolved is the right place where it ended up you know what I'm saying yeah like, yeah yeah so there was no that actually was a come up like when it first you know what i'm saying I'm a child of the project I bought my mother knew was the first person in our apartment um and it was a different it was a different world and a, a, like you said, a lot of things shifted when a we you know we stopped having our our own police um police our communities and yeah. when the when the the crack cocaine epidemic hit that yeah. was those were the most devastating things that happened in our to our communities to shift that paradigm.
4: Absolutely,
3: oh, right.
4: Absolutely, so, I remember. Mm-hmm. We would say, "There's a party in Spanish Harlem." We would be running to get there. Uh, yeah, that's what I do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, come on, that. Why was that record so big? There is a rose in Spanish Harlem. That was huge yeah. for a reason.
0: Yeah, that,
4: that that's what you're hearing Monifa say now. Those are the things left out. Of the narrative,
0: yeah, yeah. And
4: they'll say black people, black people project, and the picture is poor, gang, no, no, no community, no decorum, no respect. That's not the truth. No, that was those are the condos. Those are the new. That was a come up
3: back in under 60, 50, 60.
4: Absolutely. They 50, 60. The PJs was the come up. Real Absolutely, I walked through the project. I didn't butch it up because I got to the project. I would be still be me walking through the project. Hey man, what's up? Or hey brother, blah blah blah. Like your dashiki, whatever. You know who you going to? See? I, I'm going to see so and so. Oh, I just saw them. They round the corner playing on such and such a playground. They that that. There is this camaraderie among our people that is was always present, still is present, will always be present, and we cannot let them create a narrative as if we are these uh, waiting to just jump on each other, beat the hell out of each other, not respect each other.
3: That's not
4: the truth for all of us. It's not. And- no,
3: absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, Archbishop. The thing is, is that quite like in you know period, as the marginal being marginalized, a as people of color, black people, and then secondly marginalized within the L G B T community as black people and and um, secondary citizens. Real talk, because I heard a lot of things. Like I was listening to Wilson Cruz today. He said some great things, but I was like, why why weren't the black trans Women that are being murdered. Why weren't they mentioned in your, in your, in your, as you mentioned the intersectionality of the struggle? Which I completely believe in. I completely, mm-hmm. I believe that, and I believe yes. that for humans, we are none of us are going to survive this foolishness and this and this annihilation of humanity if we are not in each other's fight. Like, there's no way we are going to survive if we are not there for the immigrants, if we are not there for black trans and black people, men getting slaughtered, cis males getting slaughtered in the streets. Like, we can't pick and choose because we we don't believe in that or we feel like it doesn't affect us. We don't have the luxury. Nobody on this earth has the luxury, right, at this point. We can't we really don't have the luxury of saying, Oh oh yeah, you know, um we don't have that luxury. I'm trying I, I we don't have the luxury of it. Because if one if one injustice
4: slides, it's all gonna slide. And I don't
3: think people understand that. Well don't
4: that's right. Think, the, thing they don't you, get it. the thing you do there is you you look for like minded people who understand right. the family of humankind. Right. And you connect right. them and you fight with them and they that's how you get that done. Because okay. the yeah. the the people of color who mm-hmm. have not really addressed their own level of self hate, deep self hate still still trying to be palatable to another community. I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Absolutely.
3: We're brainwashed, a lot so brainwashed into some other, some, you know, I don't want, I mean, real talk, I'm just going to say it. White is right or, or a thing yeah. that has nothing yeah. to do with who you are as a person. You know what I'm saying? We got to read. We got to understand where we come from and really thank you for, and I was being devil's advocate, but I also know what I've experienced in my life. You know, I know when I'm being tolerated or I know when I'm being like, oh, it's okay because... She's a fantastic singer, and yeah. I know that being yeah. being in the arts has afforded me. Uh, and I think you too, Archbishop, a lot of leeway and love because it's a, the arts in itself is a whole different community. And I think that um, because of expression and understand, um, it's a different. It's different, and I think that we have to remember as artists that it is a little bit different. It well is. it is.
4: But the thing you is know what
3: as far as be, being accepted and you you understand it's it's a little different and in the in another space of the world it's it's not.
4: It is tolerating and it is, you know, it's it's different. When well we art we, the art always have been open to people with many proclivities, <laughs> but they judge them on their creative and right. talent. Yes. Right. However,
0: the thing that that
4: made me creative is Uh of who I am. So it's that little boy on the sidewalk. I call myself a root singer.
2: That little Uh boy on the
4: sidewalk involved on that pavement and whatever he was experiencing and the sounds he was taking in. And later when he left and came to Harlem at 15, uh, uh, repeating that same feeling of the culture and and the rhythms and the pace of my people, that's what built what people call the gift or the talent that comes from my people. And right. I'm always aware of that and I always acknowledge that. And so the thing that people have to look at is don't be fooled by the racism that yet prevails in the gay community or in the artistic community. And when it's coming at you, call it what it is. Don't try to name it something else. Right. You know, say what it is and know it for what it is because it's always going to show up that way. That's why that, mm-hmm. when that young man said to Buttigieg, but you're the mayor. If mm-hmm if he told you he cut the camera off when he killed that young black man, you have the authority to do something about that and you say you're working on it. Well, that's where his his white racism slapped him in the face. That's where you stood on the point of white male privilege, young man. And you you didn't let that get to you in the same way it would get to one of us. It's like Kamala in the debate said, well, if I'm the only black person up here, don't, shouldn't I have a chance to speak about racism? And that's right. when, when Chuck and uh, the, the white lesbian woman were taking them back and had to shut up and let her talk. But people need to see as the white lesbian woman, Rachel Maddow and Chuck, the two liberals, were willing to skip right over her and ask questions about racism of other people. And she had to say, "Well, since I'm the only person of color up here, I think I ought to be able to have something to say about racism." That's not in 1950. That's in 2019. Last night on CNN. That's the what kind that? of wait, wait, wait. they
0: skipped
4: asked, over who? Huh? They skipped over who? Uh,
2: what? What? Okay, I'm good. And,
4: oh, wow. And a question oh, around wow. racism, and she had to actually say, "Well, I think." Since I'm the only person of color up here I should at least address racism Don't you think or And they shut up and let her talk Yeah,
2: yeah. If, you, if you haven't watched those debates Everybody please watch the debates And for those of you who are not Into politics Quote unquote air quotes or whatever You know please pay attention To what's going on right now This is this is the time This is the time Absolutely. Don't pay I, attention I,
4: You know I put a post out today to my babies across America, and I said, alert, enjoy pride, but please don't ignore that the Supreme Court just voted to abdicate its power to say that they could do nothing about the unjust gerrymandering in North Carolina and Maryland, and they just gave white privileged men permission to continue drawing those voting lines so as to keep those Republicans in office in those southern states. That just happened. It's being announced. Don't be so caught up in pride that you don't see what the hell is going on. Exactly. So
2: let me just explain a little bit of what that gerrymandering means. So let's just say the votes are split. 50% of people vote for Democrats and 50% of people vote for Republicans, right? You would think that's a split down the middle and it's a tie. No. What that means is out of the 13 or or the 10, I think it's out of 10 um, senators that would come from North Carolina, three would be mm-hmm. Democrats. And seven would be Republican. That's because of gerrymandering. It's yeah. not fair. It's not equal. So because we don't vote the way we're supposed to vote, this is the but, kind of crap that we
4: end up with. Yeah. The, so there's, a, there's a free court. act. And okay. in, in 2019, we can't do anything about that. Well, that's what we have federal law for. When the states, because states' rights was created to keep us enslaved. When the states won't do right, the feds are supposed to step in and make it right. Those exactly. forces that Trump and them slid in uh, there with, with that man, what is that man with the black skin that, that, that's clearly against oh, everything? Yeah. Oh, um, Clarence. Yeah, Clarence Thomas that other man. Yeah, these last two that they just slid in, now they got a 4-3 split. And they just told it today that uh, there's nothing they can do about the gerrymandering in North Carolina, in Maryland, southern states, mind you, where it all started. And so they're going to let that ride. So now they got to try on a state level to fight that. But that's what Trump and all those, please hear me good out there, white, evangelical, Christian, other, racist, pigs that have always been our enemy. Y'all stop being so quick to hear the word Jesus and cross and Sunday and as that has something to do with good morals. With you?
3: It has got nothing to do with you. It don't include you. Just like the damn laws of the damn um. No, it don't include you. No. That, that's what, what that burns me up. That, ooh, that burns me up. That's what burns me up. They don't get it. They don't As
4: get they it. You, they if oh, they run to get on them daggone on TV programs. The word network on <laughs> that to sing them little songs and have you clapping and give you a couple thousand dollars so you can pull your people into that mess so you can send them some blessed cloths and blessed oil. Stop being so vulnerable and stupid. Those are your enemies. And you cannot just let the word Jesus put you in a trance or God or Sunday. Those were always our enemies. Those were the people that sprayed out kids with the hose. Those were the people that bombed sixteen In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the the name name of Jesus. Jesus. And it's still happening all over America. So
0: don't
4: I used to tell people at our church, when someone said, well, I'm Christian, you say, well, what does that mean? I need to know what you mean by that. Because that doesn't necessarily mean anything to me. So it's about faith and spirituality. It's not about denomination. It certainly ain't about the one. Please don't think you can build a strong uh, spiritual heritage from the faith that the slaveholders taught us. That's nuts. So I just want to make sure I say it because sometimes I think they hear archbishop or bishop, and they get me confused with some other stuff. I, I'm none of that. Well.
3: Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. I am none of
4: that. I am what Dr. King was and other progressives who, when they told Dr. King, the Southern Baptist (laughs) Convention told Dr. King, y'all messing in some territory y'all don't need to mess with, and and y'all need to deal with heaven, they broke away and created the Progressive Convention. And they had to break and, and create the Southern Christian Leadership Conference out of which they did their progressive work. We don't even hear that name anymore, SCLC, because people get so caught up in Christian and Jesus and the Bible. It's, that The world is billions of years old. That book ain't but a couple of thousand years old. It can't hold all the answers. We need to take the chains off of our brains, our spirituality, and our lives. We need more bold people to speak up And I hope that during this coming 2020 thing That I know Reverend Barber is trying hard Out of the Carolinas, I believe he is To uh, deal with progressive Christianity and its voices But it's got to be many more Many more That have got to start speaking truth to power Around spirituality Spirituality is much bigger than Christianity. Christianity, much bigger. Absolutely, it's 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 longer <laughs> and
3: more personal. I there's a there's a lot of things I just don't, you know. Of course, leadership and all of that, but that does not negate us from having our own personal connection to our higher power.
4: You can't, Mine, I, I, you, I have to you, can't you can't. <laughs> Spirituality, if it's not a personal experience. Thank you. Fact number one, and number two, the faith that was born of our people coming out of slavery is not the same thing that the slaves have to support at all. There's a reason that Mother AME was born in Bethel. There's a reason that they walked out of there that morning when they said, Go pray when you get finished. We're not sitting in the balcony no more, and we're not going to take communion after y'all get finished. And they walked out of there, right out of slavery, with their personal faith in their God, and thus the African Methodist Episcopal Church was born. If they had faith then to trust something greater than what they were being taught, what are we so afraid of now? It's crazy. Yeah. I just want people to know. Don't think Archbishop Carl B. means I'm hallelujah and and oh, yes, and praise you, Lord, and thank you, Jesus, and that I'm some historical, emotional nincompoop that ain't got my eye on the prize. We've got – you cannot say – if you believe that God is all and spirit is everywhere – then spirit is alive in the mosque, in the temple, in the church, and in the That's tribal not... ritual. Spirit is alive everywhere, and I don't care what name they choose to call it. It's a journey within.
2: And you yep. can
4: I used to tell more time oh. when I was actively pastoring, I don't care what path you get to love, as long as you wind up at love.
2: Okay. Mm.
4: Okay. This idea yeah. of having mm-hmm. a, a a patent on spirituality and believing there's mm-hmm. one way, that's crazy. I just had to throw that in because even though I hit 75 and I call myself retired, they're making me mad. I might have to get up on a cane and do a little bit more.
3: <laughs> well, mm-hmm. come
2: on. what mm-hmm. need Come
4: on.
3: Anybody, anybody mad? I just never understood. I never understood. Um, I just I, I don't. It doesn't. It's not even logical to me how we can even feel like we need to defend or push our beliefs on anyone. If you're not killing someone, you know what I'm saying? Like, if right. it's not something that is detrimental and um, to life itself, to and impeding on someone else's right to to life and living safely then I don't understand why I don't understand. I don't understand why we still need feel you to, on that to defend to I never I, never I will never I will never get into a, an argument or a, um a debate, yes. A healthy to, to learn and be open, yes. But I would never have to defend how and what I believe in. I don't think it's necessary and I don't I never understand people that get all oh, like it's crazy. I think it's I think it's mental health, like real talk. You can't have a regular conversation
4: about what you believe.
3: Well,
4: it's all about about controlling the masses. That's all. It's about... power and control. That's it. It is. It's right there. Yes. Anytime you hear a man say on a bus that women, man, if you got money, they'll just let you come up and touch their private parts. And the young man doing it gets fired from his job as a TV host, and the man who said the words winds up in the White House right and and the and the people who are supposed to be the quote evangelical light of America side completely with the man who just talked about body parts like it was a salt shaker or something if, right. if, if if black people brown people everybody don't see that whole. In Christian evangelism now, they never will. If they still don't own that reality of who their enemies were, the one thing about civil rights, we were never blind as to who our enemies were. We knew that all those people outside of Little Rock claimed Christianity. We knew that all those sheriffs that was washing people down, coming across the Robert Pettis Bridge, were, quote, Christians. We knew the citizens white citizens council all belonged to Christian white Christian churches in the South. We were never blind to who the enemy was. Now right. people are so blind now. They're just on with Christian soldiers you just want to pick up the hymn book and sing along in harmony. Hell right. no. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
2: I want to thank both of you so much for your and for your words of wisdom today For your music, for your love, for your life For the woo breath of life that God has given all of us I'm, I'm just grateful right now This has been a great show And Monifa, Ulysses Carter was not wrong about me needing Us needing to extend this show Because it feels like there's just so much more that we could explore But we are out of time today And um, I want to thank you, Monifa, for co-hosting. Thank everybody for (laughs) arranging. Excuse
3: me? I said if I did that. But, yes, I had fun. I'm glad I was on
2: this one. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) You're the bomb, girl. You know I love you. And Archbishop, oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. Thank both of you. And um, I'm going to end the show we're born this way just because that's what I want yes. to do. But you know what? Everybody pay attention to what's going on around you. And, and the message is clear, you know, don't let others inform your decision and tell you what you're supposed to believe in and, and what believing means for you. You know what I mean? And, and you trying to, mold yourself into what you believe or what you've been told God wants you to be you're supposed to be who you are and we're supposed to all love on each other and if anybody is coming from a place that is not a place of love then they're not coming from a place of spirit or maybe it's the wrong spirit you know and I was saying the other day Yeah, if if your religion makes you vote for the devil, then maybe you should rethink your religion. Any parting words, y'all?
4: Yes. I love all of you. I'm so grateful to have uh, hit 75. I never thought I would. Uh, I'm grateful for my journey with and among my people um, I, one of my greatest joys is when I do panels And they talk about Born This Way and all that And I say, but remember That was 1977 And it was one of the largest black record label The world has ever known That's what mm-hmm. puts out there in the public sphere To be heard Motown, Barry Gordy. So right. it, it's real important that those things be talked about And as yes. Monique said they need to understand. We know when we're being tolerated, but we also know when we're being embraced. Yeah, and and we know the difference. And it's not to negate one thing or the other. The important thing is that all of the all of the history needs to be in the narrative. That's right. That's right. That's, That's right. Because the, all
3: we're doing is the, the community. Yeah. What 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 is already happening on the bigger in the bigger um, picture the, the the bigger picture outside of it's all it's doing is emulating that because we're bringing we're bringing all the prejudices that we come that come within our own community as black people then yep. within the market the black and white you know what I'm saying it's the same, it's, so, it's so insane to me it's Absolutely. so insane look, look, that's supposed to be inclusive we are we are doing we're doing the same thing that we're we're fighting against. How do Absolutely. I and it.
4: please hear what Monifa said everyone about the difference between our communities pre crack cocaine. Yeah. That's, you can't let them create a narrative or a history that starts with the crack mm-hmm. epidemic. We were black way before that. Yeah. And yes. so you got to hear her, her talk about her story, her family moving into Spanish Harlem when it was a come up and the project wasn't going to come down. You got to hear that truth and not let them just create a narrative and put it up on the screen, show buildings falling apart, show all this crime. And that's the picture people get of Black America. And that is not true. And then we even believe that. We don't even know better because the breakdown of
3: the family. We don't have big. That's why you know you just made me. I'm sitting me, I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna take my mom. I'm gonna video her and yes. I'm gonna get everything that she remembers because all of this stuff I get from her. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna have her tell her story on camera. My mother's 80 years old. She'll be 80. She's 79. Yeah. Yes. A A cry youthful 79. And I'm gonna get
4: I'm i I'm gonna get as much <laughs> out of her as I can. <laughs> That's excellent, Monifa, because when our young black can see a black woman telling it from I, it changes that picture. Right. It's it changes that, that. That's an excellent idea. And if you do it, it's not going to be somebody else paying for it and editing it away. way. If you do it, it's going to be her talking point blank and honest about the truth of that's what true. her life has been.
3: So, right. Her- yep. mm-hmm. yes,
4: that's the main thing, and, and Malifa, I'm, someday we'll get a chance to hum something together, I'm sure. I'll, you know,
3: when I get to L.A., I'm coming to L.A. within the next two months, and I am definitely, I'm going to look you up. Javon, I need you to um, pass my number along to Archbishop, and I would love to get your information, Archbishop, and so when I come to L.A., if you don't mind, I can come visit. Or or whatever, we can sit and figure it out and do something.
4: It's really easy. That's all right That's the I love you all, and thanks so much for seeing (laughs) the old man today. I love you. you. But walk with the pride of your blackness first. Mm, First. How about that? You We were black before we had sex, right?
2: Let's do it. Okay. Before we knew who we loved. Yeah, right? How about that? How about that? Thank you, and
4: come I on. feel so blessed today. That's let's the do better this. I was born this way. Look at I was you know born
1: I'm this saying? way. So many things. Come on, right? That's what I'm talking
4: about, mm-hmm. Mo. I was born black. I was
1: born. I was born. Oh, let's do. Thank I'm you. I'm walking listen. through life in nature's disguise. Yeah. You laugh at me and you criticize. Yeah, cause I'm happy, carefully, and gay. Yes, I'm gay. Ain't no fault of that. I was born this way. Yeah, now I won't put you.